are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Thursday, Bears fans. I am Brian Perez, and this is Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. And oh my, do we have a lot to talk about today. We are finally in the month of March. The scouting combine is underway. And yesterday we got a whole bunch of news and notes that are relevant to the Chicago Bears and specifically the quarterback position, which is something we're all focusing on this offseason. We're kind of in a in a in a state of change with the Jay Cutler era, we think, coming to an end, although after Ryan Pace's comments yesterday in Indianapolis, it's really anyone's guess right now in terms of what's gonna happen with Cutler and with the Chicago Bears quarterback position because news broke yesterday morning out Adam Schefter from ESPN reported that the Patriots are not expected to trade backup quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo this offseason and whether you consider that posturing by New England their attempts to maybe drive up the the asking price, make teams panic a little bit, and and put together their best offer possible for the 24-year-old ascending backup quarterback. Who knows? But as of now, Jimmy Garoppolo's off the market, guys. He's not going to be an answer for the Bears at quarterback, and that's something that, speaking personally from my own from my own point of view, that's that's disappointing. He was my number one target. He was the guy that I thought would be the answer to the Chicago Bears quarterback woes if you want to call them woes I mean I mean one of the things that when you really start digging deep into this whole subject the quarterback position for Chicago I mean we're acting like this is you know the Bears are coming out of the worst era of quarterbacking the franchise has ever seen and those of you who are like myself and have been uh, following the Bears for many 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 years we're actually coming out of probably the most consistent and best period of quarterback play with Jay Cutler and probably could still have another year or two, maybe three, with Cutler under center if everything went uh, went well, if he was all in, if the coaching staff was on his side and, and everything kind of came together from a health standpoint and, and surrounding talent standpoint. So, I mean, when we look at the quarterback situation and, and we're making it seem like the Bears are so quarterback needy and desperate along the lines of the Browns and Jets and 49ers, you know, we got to pump the brakes on that narrative a little bit, and maybe here on Lockdown Bears, we can headline or, or lead the pack in saying, wait a minute, the Bears, you know, they still have Jay Cutler on the roster, people. You know, maybe we should all calm down a little bit and wait to see exactly what Ryan Pace does at quarterback before we say it's quarterback, before we say it's quarterback Armageddon, because his comments today made it seem at least, his exact words were, it's a fluid situation. So we don't know exactly what's going to happen at the end of this offseason with Jay Cutler. And look, word that the Patriots are pulling Jimmy Garoppolo off the trade market, if that's true, we talked about this on the uh, on BearsWire.com, where you could find all of my written Bears work, uh, USA Today's BearsWire.com. I serve as that site's managing editor. In the first edition of our quarterback power rankings, which I updated today, but in that first edition, I had Jay Cutler rated as the second most likely player to start the first game of the season at quarterback for the Bears, largely because of, of what we're seeing happen around the league right now, especially if Garoppolo is, in fact, off the market. The issue that we're dealing with with Cutler is what better is is out there? I mean, there's also, we'll talk in a minute about Mike Lennon, but what's out there that's any better? And maybe Ryan Pace's comments today fits that theme a little bit. I mean, if the situation is fluid, only a few days or a week after saying that Jay Cutler's on the trade block, if the situation is now described as fluid, well, maybe it's only fluid because Ryan Pace in the front office is realizing 
you know, what, what else What else are we going to do with the position? If Cutler, if nobody wants to trade for Cutler, and signing a guy like Mike Lennon is going to cost us 13 or $14 million a year, Jay Cutler's only a million or more, a million or two more than that to keep him on the roster next season. I mean, do, we, do they have to go and, and bend over backwards to court a guy like Mike Lennon, who I don't think any of us are necessarily sold on being a franchise quarterback, instead of just keeping Jay Cutler? You know, guys, there's a, there's a, it's dangerous to try to effectuate change simply for the sake of change. I mean, change has to take place if it's a progressive step forward and not necessarily a step backward. Stepping back or, or regressing for a year or two with the long-term outlook of being, you know, it's in the best interest of the franchise because, for example, you draft a rookie quarterback in the first round and you're going to have a little regression on offense as that young player develops his overall game. That's a positive change. You're not necessarily going to see positive results right away. But it's a positive change if you're convinced that at the third pick, a rookie quarterback is going to be a guy who two or three years from now is one of the top-tier quarterbacks in the NFL. You make that change and, and you move forward knowing there's going to be some learning, some bumps, some growing pains along the way. But a change from Jay Cutler to Mike Lennon or Jay Cutler to Tyrod Taylor, if it's not Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't know if there's a better veteran option out there than the guy we have right now. Ryan Pace said it's a fluid situation. He said he's in communication with Cutler's agent, Bus Cook. He talked about the respect he has for Cutler's agent. You know, he's you know Jay's under contract, so you know it's you know it's fluid. I would describe it as fluid. Um, there's a lot of conversations going on between us uh, and Bus Cook. I think one of the things with Jay is one of the things I value is uh, his agent, Bus Cook, and we, you know we're we're close, and I think. In times like these, that relationship's important because we can be honest and transparent. I think he's one of the top agents out there, and I think that helps uh, in this process. Are those options, do those options include him staying with the Bears? Yeah, that's one of the options too. So yeah, there's, yeah. Moon, at this point, we pretty much have everything on the table. And I think for us, uh, just to do it the responsible way, that's that's necessary. So It, it seemed like a, a very positive, ongoing dialogue that they might be having right now. He did mention that Cutler doesn't has not yet had medical clearance and that might be something that ultimately is holding up a a fruitful trade negotiation or trade talk with another with another team but look if Jimmy Garoppolo's off the market Jay Cutler suddenly becomes appealing not only for the Bears but for other teams I mean if the Jets were or the Browns or one of these other other clubs were going to hitch their wagon to a to a Jimmy Garoppolo trade you know maybe maybe Cutler suddenly looks a little more appealing when you start comparing him to the rest of the field, um, you know the the Ian Rappaport reported not too long after the news that Jimmy Garoppolo was off the market. Rappaport came out and said that in Indianapolis, I guess the rumors are bubbling over that the Jets and Bears are the two teams that look like potential real suitors for Mike Lennon in the free agency period. Which I mean, all right, are you are you guys excited about that? Glennon's twenty seven. You know, he's he has starters experience in the NFL. Who knows where he would have been right now if it wasn't for Jameis Winston being the number one pick overall a couple years ago and and looking very much like one of the league's most talented young quarterbacks. Mike Lennon's buried on that depth chart, and it's not like he's not getting reps for his own lacking ability. If he was on another team, look, if he was on the Jets, if he was on the Browns, if he was on the 49ers, if he was on any one of these other quarterback-starved teams, he probably would be a starting player in the league. But he gives me a little bit of the Brock Osweiler heebie-jeebies. You know, he almost looks 
like a clone of Osweiler from a size standpoint, from a style standpoint, from an athletic standpoint. There's not much separating a Brock Osweiler and a Mike Lennon, and we see the cautionary tale that is Brock Osweiler. The Texans paid him a boatload of money to come in and be that missing piece to their offense, to be that quote-unquote franchise quarterback, and here we are, one offseason later, and they're talking about being, you know, the Texans are being described as a team that could be a Tony Romo destination, a team that could be a Jay Cutler destination, and they just broke the bank on Brock Osweiler. They're saying Tom Savage could end up being the quarterback there. Tom Savage of, of NFL draft Nick Lore. If you guys remember when Savage was coming out a couple years ago, I mean, he was a guy that I talked about the other day that pe- that people thought would be a, a candidate for a first-round pick, if not the number one pick. It was nuts. But Tom Savage now is suddenly in the mix to be the starter there over Brock Osweiler, who, you know, the Texans committed a ton of money to him. Is Anybody who's going to sign Mike Lennon, look no further than what happened in Houston with Brock Osweiler. If you're looking for a quarterback that is just a tall, stationary target with a strong arm but an inconsistent arm, that seems to describe guys like Osweiler and Glennon. If Mike Lennon suddenly becomes a starter of the Chicago Bears, is there any reason to expect that he'd be any better than Brock Osweiler? When both of them had a chance to start for their respective teams, Glennon in Tampa Bay, Osweiler in Denver before his big contract in Houston, their on-field production and performance was pretty similar. You know, they, they, they were okay. They looked like a guy that could come in and start some games if, a, if they're... If the established starter goes down, but to hit your wagon to one of those guys as your franchise's answer at quarterback, I don't know. And to go from Cutler to Glennon, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like we'd pay a lot of money for a step backwards. And it's not like Glennon is a player who is a first-round pick, 22-year-old rookie quarterback that would bring that excitement. I use the uh, the new car, new sports car, that new car smell analogy with Alshon Jeffrey the other, the other day. Does Mike Lennon give you those those you know those feelings of excitement? Would he come into Chicago and make Bears fans think that all right, you know we finally we got that young quarterback, you know thanks Jay Cutler, but it's time to move on and we moved on to the guy that's going to bring a lot of wins to the city. Is that Mike Lennon? I mean, I'd be really surprised if Ryan Pace ended up going in that direction. But if you look at where you know Ryan Pace's history, he's from the NFC South with the New Orleans Saints. Mike Lennon was in the NFC South and starting games when Pace was associated with the Saints. Maybe Pace did a lot of advanced scouting on Glennon. Maybe Pace had a high grade on him. And he's holding on to those, looking back on that scattering report and and what his personal feeling was of Glennon and bringing that into this role now as general manager of the Bears. And maybe he's right. Maybe Mike Glennon just needs an opportunity to call a team his own, to call a starting job his, not have to look over his shoulder. You know, look, when Mike Glennon played, when Mike Glennon had his most reps in the league, he was only a rookie. You know, if Mike Lennon, if Mike Lennon was a first-round pick and had the kind of rookie season he had, he would have gotten a second and even third year to, to start and prove that he was capable of being a long-term answer. The year after, he's, his second year, he's got Jameis Winston sitting there on the bench. He knew, as well as everybody in the NFL, that it, this wasn't his team. He was just holding it down until Jameis Winston was ready to make his debut. And once Jameis Winston made his debut, he was, he was never going to get back on the field. So here he is. He's in, he's in his free agent year, and he is now the guy. He's going to be the guy on the market. No Jimmy Garoppolo. Kirk Cousins was franchised. Tyrod Taylor, we still don't know what his status is going to be. The Bills, I would think it would be foolish for Buffalo 
to let Tyrod Taylor suddenly test the market when, you know, we're starting to see now that the NFL teams are, have come together in Indianapolis, the quarterbacks in this draft are starting to get that that feeling surrounding them that none of them are really worthy of a top 15, top 20 pick. Maybe they're all considered fringe first rounders. We talked about this on a few episodes here. I disagree with that assessment, at least with Deshaun Watson. But the reality is if the NFL is starting to, to kind of form that opinion that these quarterbacks aren't really franchise guys or are nothing more than developmental potential starters, Mike Lennon suddenly becomes the guy. He becomes the big ticket. He becomes the hot the, the hot target for quarterback needy teams to go after. And, and again, I don't know about you guys, but I would be really upset if the Bears suddenly got into some bidding war for Mike Lennon and paid him the same salary that they would pay a guy like Jay Cutler or the same kind of contract that it would cost to sign Jimmy Garoppolo to an extension if they traded for him. If it ended up where Mike Lennon is the guy that we're paying that money to, look, I, as well as all of you, would be supportive of Mike Lennon. I would say, look, you know, you're our starting quarterback. Let's roll, man. Let's win some games. Let's see what you can do. Maybe in Chicago, you know, you, you take hold of that job. And, and, and look, when, when he was at NC State, there was speculation that he would be a first-round pick. I remember his game being compared to guys like Peyton Manning. And I think that was more of a physical comp than an actual quarterbacking comp because when he was at NC State, his body type, his 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 drop, his 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 throwing motion at times, I mean, he had a little bit of Peyton Manning in his just physical appearance. But it's very dangerous if you if you look at a player and project his NFL potential simply by the way he carries himself on a field. You know, he might have carried himself with a demeanor like Peyton Manning, but I, I don't know about, you know, any of you out there. I don't know if, if if maybe my eyes were crossed when I was watching him throw the ball, but I didn't see any kind of Peyton Manning traits at NC State nor with the Buccaneers in his brief time as a starter there to suggest that he's a he was a first-round guy back when he was coming out or that he's necessarily even a long-term starting answer. You know, Greg Gabriel was tweeting on Twitter yesterday, Gabriel who was the former college scouting director for the Bears uh, several years ago, Gabriel and I had a couple of tweets back and forth where he said, you know, don't believe the hype here on Glennon. He made a good point that this is this is also the time for the media to just spread rumors and a lot of the guys that might, you know, just hear whispers in a bar, for example. I, I've been out to Indianapolis during the Combine week, and I've been in the bars, and that's where all the, the who's who of the NFL gather, and you see the media guys, you know, rubbing elbows with general managers and, and front office, per, you know, decision makers. And maybe they get a nugget here or there. Maybe somebody told them, hey, you know, the the, I, the Bears or the Jets, those, uh, we're hearing that those teams are going to be interested. You don't know what kind of rumors are, are spread over a couple of drinks and what the intent is behind the rumors as well. I mean, you could have teams, you know, creating rumors simply to make a shift in, in the free agent market. I mean, we talked about the other day how Mike Mayock, when he has a conference call in the NFL draft, he gives an opinion on a prospect, and that can kind of change the draft narrative. He says, don't take a quarterback in the top 10, and that impacts the draft. Guys pay attention to that. Look what he did last year with the Minnesota Vikings. He, he was pounding the table for that receiver from Germany to be drafted, and you know, a few minutes later, the Vikings draft him. Whether that was all tongue-in-cheek or just gimmick, you know, TV gimmick, a TV gimmick, who knows? But the bottom line is Mayock has a little bit of pull, and if he starts talking about quarterbacks and not being worth top 10 picks, who knows? Maybe, maybe he's hearing things and maybe he's 
um, you know, just influencing somehow how the draft is going to shake out. It's not all that much different with media guys, you know, when they get these rumors in, in the bars or over dinner in Indianapolis. You know, Ian Rappaport is going to say that the Bears and Jets are suitors for the for Mike Lennon. That's great, but where is he getting that information from? That's what I want to know. I, I believe Ian Rappaport is one of the best in the business. He's generally on the money with what he's saying. He's a credible guy. There's no reason to doubt anything he's saying is being true. But, you know, we're sitting here. It's the first night at the Combine yesterday, and, and he's pumping out this rumor that the Bears are, are expected to be suitors for Glennon. Where do you get the information from? Who's feeding him that information? And and what is the motive behind the person who's feeding it? Is it Glennon's agent? I mean, for all we know, Glennon's agent is telling him the Bears and Jets are going to be possible suitors for, Glenn, for for his prized free agent client on the market. Is it a coincidence that it's the markets of Chicago and New York? I mean, what... What agent wouldn't want their quarterback to be the quarterback in the two biggest markets in the NFL, two of the biggest markets outside of L.A.? If you're the quarterback of the Jets or you're the quarterback of the Bears, you're going to make a lot of money outside of just your NFL contract, endorsements, marketing. That It's it's the, those cities, the, the, all the extra income potential for being the starting quarterback in Chicago or New York, it's almost limitless. So... Maybe the agent is giving Rappaport information. Maybe the agent is saying, oh, yeah, you know, I know the Bears are in, the Jets are in, and Rappaport is running with that. I mean, the fact is a lot of the information that these insiders get is fed to them from the agents. The agents are the ones that know first before anyone else if a contract is agreed to, if negotiations are happening, if a trade is going to take place. But the agents also have an agenda. The agents also want to drive a market up. They want to create a market when maybe one doesn't exist. So it's possible that the Glennon rumors are all fluff, whether or not we want them to be fluff. Maybe some of you out there want Glennon to be the guy that bears target. Let me know on Twitter. Hit me up at Brian Perez NFL, Brian with a Y. Hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what you think. Let our producer, Lauren Cox, know what you think. He's at Cox Sports 1. Let us know what what your take on Mike Lennon would be. If, if Do you think that if the Bears sign Mike Lennon, that's the answer to our quarterback woes? I tweeted out after the rumors came out yesterday. I, I mentioned that... I'd be okay with Mike Lennon being signed by the Bears if the contract was a reasonable one. If he wasn't paid in the same range as a Jay Cutler, I'd be okay with that as long as it didn't influence what the Bears do in the first round. And what I mean by that is, if the Bears right now would be satisfied with their quarterback situation being answered by Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Kaiser, Mitch Trubisky, if they have a top five grade on any one of those three guys... I would rather them take the rookie versus signing Glennon simply because I think we know what Glennon's upside is. You know, his ceiling is 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 limited. He might be okay, but he, I don't think he'll ever be a great player. I don't want to th- I don't want to see a signing of Mike Glennon handicap or limit the Bears from addressing quarterback in the first round if they have a grade high enough on any one of those three guys to justify the pick. You know, Ryan Pace said something yesterday that was also very interesting during his time with the media where he said, you know, it's about value at that number three pick. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. These aren't his exact words, but he was talking about the number three pick being value. You have to get value there. One of the reporters in attendance asked him, would you reach on a quarterback at number three? And his response was something that all of us should feel good about. That's a position that you're not going to reach on. You, you got to have value. I think you got to get value. I think when we talk about reaching in any position, and I, you know, I've referenced uh, teams that I've been a part of before that I, that I feel like maybe we've done that, you know, and, I, and I've learned from that experience. And you just got to be. You just got to be careful with doing that because I think what happens with us is you get competitive, 
and you know you need this position, and it doesn't happen the day of the draft. It happens in the months preceding the draft. You start convincing yourself that you need to position, uh, push a certain position up the board, and that's when the mistake is made. So we got to be conscious of that at any position, you know. And there's certain positions in this draft that are really strong, you know, and some of those positions fit our needs. And then there's certain positions in this draft that aren't very strong, and we just got to be uh, recognize that. So read between the lines. I mean, is, does that mean he doesn't think there's value there? I don't know. We'll find out, obviously, on draft day. One of the things I wrote on Bears Wire in response to his comments was he's also got to play politics with the answers right now, right? I mean, we don't know how the draft is going to shake out, but we do know that anything Ryan Pace says now in February is is being, you know, written about, it's date stamped, it's, it's there uh, it, on the thumbprint of the internet for in perpetuity. It's not going away. So if Ryan Pace said today, for example, in response to that question, if he said, yeah, you know, quarterback is such a big need and so important that, you know, we might have to reach there in the first round if we believe the need is great enough. And then let's say the Bears ended up drafting a guy like Deshaun Watson or Deshaun Kaiser at number three, you know, the the media guys that are playing devil's advocate would immediately start saying, was this a reach? Ryan Pace said they would reach on a quarterback. He said it on March 1st that they would reach on a quarterback, and all of a sudden, Deshaun Watson's the pick. Was that a value pick? Was that a reach pick? And then Ryan Pace would have to be backpedaling in the post-draft press conferences talking about, nah, it was value, it wasn't reach. We had Deshaun Watson graded as a one of the, our top guy on the board. You know how it goes, guys. We've all seen enough drafts. We've all seen enough post-draft you know, politically correct commentary about how much every team loved the guy they got. What you don't want to do at this point as a general manager is set yourself up to have to answer more questions after the pick. So, of course, he's going to say right now, now you've got to have value there. And then if they draft Deshaun Watson, he can almost use the comments he made on March 1st as uh, evidence of the fact that the Bears loved the value that was there at three. Look, we always said we were going to take value at the third pick. That was always our philosophy. And he could back it up with comments that he made, you know, a month and a half before the draft, that the value, uh, the va- the principle of value was going to be what guides their draft choice. So I don't know if that necessarily, if his comments today necessarily mean uh, that, that the Bears don't think there's going to be value there. He's obviously not going to show his hand in terms of what direction they're going to go in the first round. But if, if a guy like Mike Lennon is the target, if a guy like Mike Lennon is signed, all right, I mean, we're going to give him a chance. But please don't let that move block the potential use of the top pick that the Bears have. Don't let it block adding another quarterback. One thing I think the Bears would be wise to do in this offseason is if Cutler is in fact gone and or if Cutler comes back, don't assume that one move fixed the quarterback situation. Look what we dealt with last year. You know, Cutler is supposed to be the franchise guy. He plays only five games. Then you have a platoon and a revolving door of Matt, uh, Brian Hoyer and Matt Barkley. It's because we didn't have anything behind Cutler that, you know, like the Dak Prescott situation in Dallas. Uh, while that might be unique and, and an anomaly and, and one of the rare circumstances in the NFL, you want to make sure you still have that young guy. Look what Seattle did a few years ago. They signed Matt Flynn to a huge free agent contract. The former backup from Green Bay, the guy that looked like he was that Jimmy Garoppolo of that time period. They signed Matt Flynn. They still came back in the same draft, third round. They drafted Russell Wilson. The fact that they signed Matt Flynn didn't stop them from drafting a quarterback that they still had highly rated on their draft board, and the rest is obviously history. So if Mike Lennon is a guy that Bears bring in, okay, you know, we'll support the move. All Bears fans are going to support a new quarterback. 
but it would be a, a real heartbreaker if that move prevented them from adding a player who may have more long-term upside, even if it's a guy like Patrick Mahomes. You know, he's obviously the hot name right now. Everybody's talking about Mahomes. You can go back an episode or two on Lockdown Bears and see that I, I'm a guy that would stay away from Mahomes until day two. But look, if he's there on the board in the second round with Mike Lennon signed as a free agent, don't not draft uh, Patrick Mahomes simply because you signed Mike Lennon. That, that would be bad team building, in my opinion, especially because I, I just don't think Mike Lennon is a Super Bowl quarterback. Maybe one of these rookies can get you there three, four years from now. They develop, and it's their time to get on the field. And, and maybe after a year of, a, of, a, of rocky starts and just learning how to be an NFL quarterback, they finally hit their max potential. You don't want to see a guy like Deshaun Watson or Deshaun Kaiser develop into a really good starting quarterback with more upside than Mike Lennon on some other team, and it's because the Bears passed on him for Mike Lennon. That, that, would, be, that would be bad, bad draft theory and philosophy in my opinion. And Ryan Pace wasn't limiting his comments yesterday on just Jay Cutler and the quarterbacks. He also talked a little bit about Alshon Jeffrey, who, look, we haven't had the the best, uh, I would say, week or so with the free agency and offseason period. We talked about Eric Berry. He's now signed with the Chiefs long-term. Jimmy Garoppolo's now off the trade market. Alshon Jeffrey's going to test the free agent market. I mean, it's, it's, been a, it's been a rough couple days here for us Bears fans. But one of the things Ryan Pace talked about with Alshon Jeffrey was, look, it's healthy for him to go out and test the market. Yeah, you know, it's kind of, you know, thought out thoroughly, obviously. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes, you know, you can't come to a common ground with a player and an agent. Um, sometimes it's necessary to kind of test the market to, to determine that player's value. And that's really where we're at. So he's a good player and we'll see how it plays out. But I think there's, you know, there's certain instances where testing the market is, is necessary part of the process. Clearly in their negotiations, whatever negotiations did take place from the end of the season till now, the Bears and Jeffrey are on just two different places when it comes to his valuation. You know, the Bears probably offered him something uh, in the Doug Baldwin range, that $11.5 million a year. I, this is all guessing, guys, all speculation on my part. But I would imagine they probably valued him somewhere around a Doug, Bal- a Doug Baldwin contract, which I think would be reasonable. Alshon Jeffrey is obviously going to value himself at least in that Des Bryant $14 million a year range. And if you are if you have that big of a gap in negotiations, you know, sometimes the best theory and the best move is, look, go test your market. We'll see who's right. Go test your market value. If Alshon Jeffrey is, is suddenly finding out the hard way that the best contract offer he's going to get from another team is that 10 to $11 million a year, the Bears offer is suddenly going to look much better, and he'll be back in Chicago long term. So Ryan Pace does not look intimidated at all. And I, and I like this about Pace, guys. I like this about him. One of the things that Lauren Cox and I said in the, in the Q&A we had two weeks ago was I, I don't think Ryan Pace is going to flinch. I think he's not, he's not going to compromise his long-term contract negotiation philosophy for one player. You know, Lauren had mentioned, you know, for the sake of a couple extra million dollars a year to retain one of your best offensive players, why penny pinch? And I don't know if it's about penny pinching as much as it is about his his posturing as a general manager. You know, I'm not going to give in and pay a guy more than I think he's worth. General, Ryan Pace was trusted with the general manager role for this reason. Evaluate the talent, evaluate the talent that can win games and make sure you evaluate them at a at a at a contract range that doesn't crush our franchise. And he probably thinks Alshon Jeffrey, well obviously he thinks Alshon Jeffrey wants more money than Pace and the Bears front office is willing to pay him. Go test the market. See what happens. We may never see Alshon Jeffrey in a Bears uniform again. 
Ryan Pace is willing to take that chance. And Ryan Pace also sounded very, very confident about his understanding of the players in this free agent class. That obviously also includes the receivers. He's not going to let a guy like Alshon Jeffrey test the market if he doesn't think he can come back around and sign adequate replacements for Jeffrey moving forward. Guys like Kenny Stills and Robert Woods, who we've talked about ad nauseum here on this show, those guys he probably likes. And and, and I wouldn't be surprised. I like them too. So if he ends up, if Alshon Jeffrey ends up moving on and the Bears want to fall into plan B, whatever that means at the wide receiver market, maybe it means a draft pick a little higher than, than any of us are projecting right now. Okay, you know, let's go, Ryan Pace. Let's see what you got, man. We're putting our faith and confidence in you. You sound like a confident guy. You're saying to the media, you're saying on camera, on print, that you have a very strong understanding of this year's free agent class. That obviously means that he he is taking into consideration in that analysis of this free agent class, he's taking into consideration the chance that he'll lose Alshon Jeffrey. The only way he would be comfortable in losing Alshon Jeffrey is if he thinks with his understanding of this class that he'll be able to add some good talent in the event Alshon departs. Now, he also talked about Kevin White a little bit when one of the reporters asked if he thinks, uh, if Ryan Pace thinks that Kevin White will evolve into that number one receiver. And Pace continued, you know, towing that company line where he was saying, and he's got absolute confidence in Kevin White. He fell short of saying he thinks he could be a number one receiver, but he felt very confident that Kevin White would make a full recovery, that Kevin White is working hard, that Kevin White is going to be what he thinks he was going to be when he drafted him. Here's the other thing, and this might sound crazy, but if Ryan Pace thinks that Kevin White is going to actually be that stud receiver, if he has that much confidence in that pick and that assessment, Kevin White's eventually going to be a free agent, guys. I mean, believe it or not, Kevin White's going into his third year. If Kevin White suddenly breaks out in year three and puts together back-to-back big-time seasons, he'll be entering that fifth-year option year. Bears are going to want to extend him. And then all of a sudden, you're going to have two receivers on your team that you're going to pay over $15 million a year. Because if Kevin White pans out and Kevin White ends up establishing himself as the Bears' best offensive weapon outside of Jordan Howard, he's going to want more money than Alshon Jeffrey, obviously. This is pure speculation, and this is obviously the best-case scenario is that is that a guy like Kevin White actually becomes a player worthy of Alshon Jeffrey contract talks, where what we're talking about with Alshon Jeffrey now, the only reason why we're talking about Jeffrey with this kind of contract is because of what he's done on the field. And he's produced on the field enough, at least, to suggest that he deserves to be paid like one of the best receivers in the game. Kevin White has done nothing other than, you know, probably do a nice job in the trainer's room, but he's done nothing to suggest that he's going to get to that point. His scouting report, his draft valuation suggests he should, but he's done nothing in the NFL to suggest that. So Ryan Pace, maybe he's got that much confidence in Kevin White. And look, the psychology of of draft evaluation, I mean, Ryan Pace drafted Kevin White. Kevin White is Ryan Pace's guy. He was Ryan Pace's first ever first round pick as a general manager. It's going to take a lot for Ryan Pace to give up on Kevin White. If Ryan Pace gives up on Kevin White, Ryan Pace is admitting Ryan Pace made a mistake. And look, guys, the NFL is a, has a lot of egos. And while Pace doesn't come across as a guy that might be arrogant in that sense or you know, have his ego block himself from making a logical football decision, we're all human beings. You know the psychology behind it. He might have a little bit of an inflated opinion of what Kevin White can be simply because of what Kevin White represents. He was his guy. He represents the first pick he ever made as a general manager. And he might just say to himself, look, I know what Kevin White's going to be. Kevin White's going to be more special than Alshon Jeffrey. 
And I'm not going to set this team up right now to have Alshon Jeffrey getting paid $15 million a year. And then two years from now, two and a half years from now, we're looking at Kevin White and having to pay him 15 or $16 million. No team in the league is going to pay two receivers premium premium pay like that. It's just not going to happen. So, it, And the thing that also kind of supports this theory is that uh, Ryan Pace said that his goal is long-term success, long-term sustained success, not looking for quick fixes. And we're going to obviously assess what long-term success is by the players he's adding right now. But Pace is a smart guy. He might be looking not just at the players he adds right now, but he might also be looking at what do the contracts mean for players that eventually have to get paid that are on this roster. If he thinks Kevin White is going to be a player that elevates his game to number one receiver status, a contract now to Alshon Jeffrey means a bigger contract to Kevin White, which means the team is suddenly in salary cap hell a few years from now because their receivers are grossly overpaid, or at least they're they're, they're making up a ridiculous percentage of a salary cap that should never take place on any team that plans on being uh, or plans on enjoying sustained long-term success. Some of his comments were interesting, um, and it's only going to be more interesting as the week evolves. We're going to start finally seeing numbers from guys at the scouting combine come out. The workouts are about to get underway. We're going to find out how fast are these guys, how quick, how explosive. And, you know, I cautioned all of you guys a couple of shows ago on not overrating the combine results, but we're all going to do it, and we're going to start doing it very soon. Today, for example, the, the the big story was Leonard Fournette, the running back from LSU, who I believe is a borderline generational talent. I compared him a couple of months ago to Bo Jackson, and I, it seemed like that was a crazy comp when I made it, but I'm starting to see now some guys like Lance Zierlein dropping the Bo Jackson name. He even dropped Herschel Walker's name, and I don't think that that's crazy. I think I think Leonard Fournette is going to be a player like that in the NFL, but he weighed in today at 240 pounds. Now, I don't know what that means, guys. 240 pounds is a monster when you consider the skill set that Leonard Fournette has. He's quick. He's fast. He's twitchy. He's explosive. He has quick feet. He doesn't have a lot of wiggle. He's not going to make you miss like a guy like Dalvin Cook. But in today's NFL, where tackling is no longer necessarily a, a an art form, it's something that the NFL teams are not able to practice as much as they used to. You know, the big, powerful running backs... They're going to win at the point of contact. And a guy like Leonard Fournette, I, I don't remember seeing a player since Adrian Peterson who is so explosive on contact as Fournette. Now, if he's at 240 pounds and he's maintaining that level of burst and explosiveness, good Lord. I mean, that is that is insane. And to be honest, guys, if it wasn't for Jordan Howard's unbelievable rookie season, at number three, you could bet your last dollar that Leonard Fournette would be in the mix he would fit the profile of what Ryan Pace looks for in a in a prospect from an athletic, rare combination of athlete, size, explosiveness. He fits everything that Ryan Pace looks like he drafts uh, at this point. Obviously, it's not the case this year because that would be a waste of a third pick if he went with Fournette with Jordan Howard or, already on the roster. That would just be foolish. But, you know, look at what's happening with the storyline with Leonard Fournette. Is 240 out of shape? Or is 240 an unbelievable, ridiculous, just godlike, Greek-like football prospect that teams are going to line up to hope to draft? We'll find out. I mean, he's going to see 
if he runs a little slow, if his if his cone drills are a little slow, people are going to start questioning: Was he out of shape? Is he carrying too much weight? Did he did he you know did he get lazy in in his combine prep? That's all stuff that's that's valid questions right now at this stage of the game. The tape doesn't lie. Go back to the tape. 10 out of 10 times, Fournette is going to be a stud. But this could be a little clue about Leonard Fournette, you know, in terms of his work ethic. If if he should have checked in at 230, 228, 230, and he's coming in at 240, you have to question what's he going to be like when he signs that first contract? Is he going to let himself go a little bit? Is he ever going to reach that that maximum potential that, that he has? I mean, look at Bears history, uh, you know, guys like Curtis Enos and Cedric Benson and guys that, you know, those big power backs that, didn't necessarily take it as seriously as they should have when they got into the NFL and they washed out. Enos got hurt. Benson, just, you know, the off-the-field issues and and just didn't really care as much as any of us thought he would when he was crying when the Bears picked him. When the Bears picked Cedric Benson, you know, I was like, man, this guy's going to be a stud because when he was crying and, and all the emotions that came out, I thought this guy was, was going to be unstoppable, that nothing was going to stop him in the NFL. You know, he boozed a little bit and obviously had some off-the-field issues and the distractions ultimately were, were the one tackle he couldn't break. And, you know, is that going to be a guy like Leonard Fournette? I don't know. But, you know, I, I bring up his name because he's the guy today that created the buzz in Indianapolis with his shocking weigh-in. You know, I don't think anybody expected him to be that big. And is he that big from bad weight or is he just a darn freak? We'll, we'll find out over the next couple of days. But what you guys got to keep an eye on at the scouting combine, look at the receivers because with Jeffrey, you know, the unknown status of Jeffrey, the unknown status of Kevin White, receivers are going to be in the mix for the Bears in the, in the second day for sure, second round, third round. I wouldn't rule out wide receivers as, as a potential pick. Keep an eye on the tight ends. The tight ends are going to be absolutely a value. You know, Ryan Pace talked about the potential of trading down in the first round. You guys know I've been a very big O.J. Howard guy from day one. And I've talked about O.J. Howard as a possible trade-down target. Ryan Pace said it today, uh, said it yesterday in his sessions with uh, with the media. He said, this is a deep draft. If the Bears feel like they could slide down and be in a range for a player that's still a great player, they wouldn't hesitate trading out of the third pick. To me, that screams O.J. Howard. Let's see what he does at the scouting combine. If he runs that 4-5-8, don't rule out a trade-down for him. So keep an eye on the receivers. Keep an eye on the tight ends. Offensive tackle is going to be a position that the Bears are going to target at some point in the draft. There's no blue chip guy worthy of the third pick. Probably won't be a guy worthy of the second round pick. Third round, offensive tackle is going to be in play. So keep an eye on, on those guys, who's the risers, who's the, the sleepers that suddenly go from a day three type of prospect, maybe sneaking up into late day two. That's a guy that could end up being on the Bears' radar. And obviously the defensive backs. I mean, we all know that the Bears have a lot of holes to fill. We don't know what's going to happen with Kyle Fuller. The safety position is is a is an area of weakness right now. The number three pick could be Jamal Adams, could be Malik Hooker, cornerback Marshawn Lattimore. Let's see how these guys look. Let's see how fast they are, how quick they move. Their tape is great. If their athletic scores match their tape, hey, that that those are guys that that could end up in the third pick as well. So over the next couple of days, we're going to be talking about these numbers as they come in. You know, with our daily shows here on Locked On Bears, make sure you go over to iTunes, subscribe, Audio Boom, subscribe. Make sure you. Put a five-star review if you think we're worthy. Help us move up the charts. Here as Bears fans start searching for Bears news, notes, and nuggets every day of the week on the combine, free agency, draft, etc. We're going to be hitting it hard. And what we're going to be starting with is the scouting combine. We're going to review these guys. We're going to take a look at some of these performers 
the, uh, some of these players, their performances, how that might impact the Bears draft board. We're going to go through a Bears draft board in, in, over the next few weeks. We're going to really shuffle or shake this out, see how the board shakes down after free agency. Uh, but we got a lot, a lot to go, guys. I mean, we're just one day in Indianapolis, and we got Jay Cutler. It's a fluid situation. Alshon Jeffrey, go ahead, man. Test the market. Kevin White, he's excited. Ryan Pace is excited about him. Mike Glennon. Mike Lennon could be your quarterback next year, Bears fans. Good Lord. Is that what it's come to? I mean, really? From the excitement of 2009 with Jay Cutler? Here we are in 2017, and it's Mike Lennon? You know, the last couple of weeks, all we heard about, Jimmy Garoppolo, it's Brock Osweiler, it's Brock Osweiler all over again, it's Ryan Malley, it's, all, it's, it's, it's uh, Matt Castle. All this talk about Jimmy Garoppolo and how, you know, he's... That buyer beware. Look at the recent example of Brock Osweiler. Why is nobody saying this about Mike Lennon? Why is nobody saying Mike Lennon is is the guy that you should be very, very wary of investing a lot of money in? What in the world has Mike Lennon done back from his days at NC State to the limited time as a starter in Tampa Bay to make anybody excited about lining up and signing him as their starting quarterback? Yet Jimmy Garoppolo gets raked through the coals simply because Bill Belichick might want to trade him? Now what's the narrative? Now what's everybody saying? Bill Belichick suddenly doesn't want to trade him. What, what does that mean? Suddenly, just because of a news cycle that flips back and forth and around and back again, just because the news cycle now is saying that Bill Belichick doesn't want to trade him, they think Jimmy Garoppolo is the heir to Tom Brady, does that now suddenly mean Jimmy Garoppolo is a great quarterback? Come on, guys. we got to have a consistent, steady opinion here. you got to approach this with a steady hand. Watch the tape. Trust the tape. Jimmy Garoppolo is a legitimate starting quarterback. And now that the Patriots are going to keep him, everybody's going to say Jimmy Garoppolo is the real deal. It's ridiculous. And what I don't understand is why Mike Lennon isn't getting that same buyer beware treatment. I mean, if any quarterback in this year's cycle matches the Brock Osweiler profile, it's Mike Lennon, not Jimmy Garoppolo. It's Mike Lennon. So, you know, look, like I said over and over tonight or this morning or whatever time you're listening to this show, I will support whoever dons the navy and orange, whoever's wearing that C proudly on the side of their helmet, whoever's throwing passes for the Bears, whether it's Brian Hoyer, Matt Barkley, Mike Glennon, Jay Cutler, Tyrod Taylor, Deshaun Watson, Mitch Trubisky, maybe even Connor Shaw, whoever it is throwing passes for the Bears next fall, I am all in, biggest fan, lead us to victories until you prove you can't, but I mean, come on. Let's go news uh, insiders. Let's go NFL insiders. Give us something to get a little more amped up about. Give us a name that, that we're going to get excited about. Give us something out there. Give, give us some notes and some news and notes today, tomorrow, the next day that Alshon Jeffrey and the Bears are getting close to an agreement. Give us something to hold our hat on, to hang our hat on. And, and, and hopefully we'll be able to, to move forward through the combine and into the draft with that exciting feeling of, of hope and juice and enthusiasm for the year. Because I, I don't know how many Mike Lennon jerseys would be sold in Chicago if he if he is suddenly signed by Ryan Pace. In Pace, we trust, right, guys? In Pace, we trust. Whatever decision he decides to go with at the quarterback position, we will hope it's what's in the best interest of the team. Because, as I said before, we live and die based on what this team does on Sundays. If Mike Lennon's the guy that's going to bring us life or bring us death, let's just hope Pace knows what he's doing and it's the right call. Gentlemen, Ladies, thank you once again for listening to another episode of Lockdown Bears. We will be back tomorrow. 
a question and answer with our producer extraordinaire Lauren Cox. We're going to talk about all the news and all the notes that come out of the scouting combine. We're going to talk about all the news and all the notes of the free agent rumors, the draft risers and fallers. We're going to have some numbers we can finally talk about and look at from the combine. It's going to be a lot of fun, guys. And remember, as we get through this together, every day here on Locked On Bears, on bearswire.com, no matter what happens, good, bad, and everything in between, never forget, bear down. you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.